Eagles Entertainment. Everything that move, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Fran Duffy. That's right of the day, and the Eagles are through the bye week as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 418. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell to share our thoughts on what is still the lone undefeated team in the NFL. Your Philadelphia Eagles, they are gearing up for a Week 8 battle against the Pittsburgh Steelers cross-state rivalry taking place at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday afternoon. We're going to dive into this matchup. Pittsburgh, they just played on Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk through what we saw from that game as well as just talk through this matchup on both sides of the football in depth as the Eagles hope to keep the uh, the undefeated streak going here in 2022. Before we get there, a couple things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, Head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you've got a question, we will answer it here in an upcoming episode. If you leave it there in the comment box, or if you just like the podcast, you want to give us some feedback, it really, really helps us. It boosts the show up, the ratings, uh, makes it more available to others that are looking for Philadelphia Eagles podcast. So again, huge, huge thank you to everyone who has done that lately. And if you haven't yet, now's the time. Jump on, leave us the review. Really, really appreciate everybody who has done that in recent weeks. That said, let's get things rolling here. Excited to catch up with Greg Cosell after the bye week. We'll see if uh, if Greg took a little bit of time off. Something tells me that that answer is no. Not even going to bother asking him, but let's get into the discussion. It's time now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, joining us once again here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Island Sky podcast, my friend Greg Cosell to talk through this Eagles-Steelers matchup on Sunday. Greg, it should be a good a little keystone rivalry game here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Obviously, the Steelers' record is, is not great right now. Yep. But they're still not an easy team to play against. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a well-coached team. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin always does a nice job uh, getting his team ready. And, they, and they've and they had some good wins uh, so far this season, even though uh, they don't have a winning record. I mean, they had that big win uh, a couple weeks ago against Tampa when they were missing four of their five starters in the secondary. So, uh, you know, this is a team that, that could definitely come in and play with anybody. And we'll start with the matchup of the Eagles offense going up against this defense. Now, uh, this defense lost a little bit of its teeth in week one when they lost T.J. Watt. Yeah. Um, I would say the big thing that kind of stood out to me right Right off the bat after going through and just watching through some cut-ups, watching some full games. This is a team that had uh, 13 sacks in its first six weeks. Eight of those 13 happened in week one. They had nine picks in the first seven games. Five of those picks happened in week one. And so uh, you you take that one game out against the Bengals and Joe Burrow, uh, they haven't created a ton of big plays on defense, but they still play sound football. Yeah, they just don't have those impact players up front. Yep. They do on the back end, particularly one in Minka Fitzpatrick we'll get to, but they just don't have those impact players up front. Alex Highsmith can be at times. Yep. He's among the sack leaders in the NFL. Um, but besides uh, Highsmith, they really don't have anyone who's really a force as a pass rusher. And in fact, even in their base front, their, which is essentially a 5-2, Yep. They have now resorted due to injury and and lesser personnel to play a linebacker, Robert Spillane, who's probably 230 pounds. They've resorted to playing him as one of their edge defenders in their 5-2 front. So they're they're trying to mix and match. They're trying to get it figured out. But, you know, they're coming off a pretty solid defensive performance against the Dolphins. And uh, as you said, and it's worth noting, they, they beat 
Tom Brady and the Bucks a few weeks ago, and they did something that it certainly caused a lot of problems for Tom Brady. I don't know if it will be the same for the Eagles with the style in which the Eagles play, but they did a lot of disguise looks. I was going to say that's the number one, yep. A lot of late movement and late rotation on the mm. back end. They did a ton of that. Now, obviously, Brady is a drop-back quarterback. He wants to sit in the pocket and read it out. You know, not that, that Jalen Hurts, obviously, every quarterback in the NFL has to do that to some degree. But the Eagles' pass game and the way in which they get to their pass game is certainly not the same as the way the, the Bucks get to their pass game. Yeah, it's the way that I kind of uh, write out my notes for teams as I'm going through is I'll go uh, blue type, blue uh, blue font will be like things, like these are strengths for this right. team, red font for weaknesses, and then black for uh, just kind of down the middle. And the number one thing in blue as the pre-snap disguise. I, I thought that was the, the best thing that they do uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, mixing up uh, all their different zone coverage concepts. And they, they play a lot of cover three. They're one of the top teams in the NFL uh, in playing cover two coming into this game. Uh, they'll play a decent amount of, of man as well. But really, I think those, those are the two big things. You're going to see that pre-snap disguise mixing up those zone yep. looks. And, and that's what's allowed them uh, to win some of these games and be competitive in some of these games despite missing, uh, you know, they, they were missing Minka for a stretch. They've missed Akella Witherspoon who came into the season as a starting corner for them. Cam Sutton, uh, another starting corner, has been out for a couple weeks. He just returned this past week. And so uh, missing all these pieces, they've still been able to function as yeah, a defense. And, and it's funny. Normally we think about pressure on the quarterback as starting from your front. But sometimes pressure can be the result of what you do on the back end. Yep. And because they only have one player, Highsmith, who's really a legit pass rusher, yep. they have to try to create some kind of uncertainty, some kind of tentative reaction by quarterbacks, so then the pass rush can get there. They can't start up front because they don't have enough bodies to do that that are really good pass rushers. So really, in some ways, it's it's turned on its head. Their ability to rush the quarterback really starts with what they do on the back end in coverage mm. with their disguise, with their late movement and their late rotations. Yeah, I think the one thing that stands, you know, this is speaking about the secondary, if everybody's healthy, right? So, right. Uh, when you're talking about Sutton and Witherspoon and Levi Wallace to an extent as well, Arthur Millette in the slot. These are guys that get their hands on the football. Yeah. They're, 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 they're long. They're instinctive. I like all of their ability to win at the catch point. Uh, I don't know that, you know, Witherspoon and Levi Wallace, I don't know if they're built to play a ton of man coverage right now. But in terms of playing, like, eyes on the football, you know, inter intersect at the catch point and disrupt – They've got that ability, and that, that's what's going to be a test here for this Eagles receiving core that, to me, that's their one of their biggest strengths is going up and winning at the catch point. You know, and what will be interesting is there's a player you didn't mention named James Pierre, number 42. He's had to play a lot, yep. And, and I'm curious to see if they view him as someone who might have to play a lot this week, not solely due to injury, but because he has size. Mm -hmm. And you wonder if they will see him as someone they need to play to match up. And when I say match up, I don't mean he's going to travel with, with A.J. Brown, but I mean just to be out there because A.J. Brown is obviously a big physical receiver and Pierre is their biggest corner. Pierre's about, what, about 6'1 and a half, 210? He's listed 6'2, 185. Okay, well, I know he's... Yeah, yeah he's a big, he's big corner. He, he's long. Yep. He's long for sure. Um, so I wonder if they'll see him. And he's gotten a lot of snaps this year due to injury. And he's been there for a few years, so yeah. he certainly knows their system. Yeah, and the other big thing, too, is that they, they want to play in their in their sub as well. You know, they like they like right. to get to that dime package when everybody's healthy. Yep. Um, you know, and... Uh, 
Uh, Trey Norwood. Norwood has turned into a nice player for them. I, and I liked him coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah. I thought he was a really interesting prospect. And he plays in their dime. Yep. And when the, the game Fitzpatrick was hurt, he started at yep. safety. He's kind of an instinctive player. He has a feel. Yeah, good, good deep safety. Yeah. Yeah. That's, kind of the, yeah. that's the role that they use him in. When he comes on the field, that allows Minka to move down into the slot or into the box. Uh, their star, other starting safety opposite Minka uh, is Terrell Edmonds. Uh, and he's often the guy that will roll down in their base and in their nickel. Right. And one thing to keep in mind in this is something Jalen Hurts must be aware of in this game is they play some robber coverage mm -hmm. and Minka is as good a robber as there is in the NFL and by robber I mean he'll he might start deep but then he drops down and he does it subtly and with some nuance he doesn't just run there but he drops down as he reads routes right into the middle probably about what 12 to 15 yards from yep. the line of scrimmage and he does such a good job of robbing those in-breaking routes and you just have to be careful because you think you have him beat and then he's there. To me, the uh, he had a play down in the red zone against Miami this past week. It wasn't a robber play, but again, just kind of speaking to his route recognition and his ability to trigger on throws in the middle of the field. The one against Mostert? Oh my God, he put where he, he laid he, him out. He laid him out yeah. right on the hash. It was yep. an outstanding, a clean hit right over the dislodged the ball, forced the. Incompletion. If he was a second late, it's a touchdown. No question. Yep. Uh, and if he's a second early, it's a, a penalty and maybe a fine. Right, right, uh, right, the, right. The fact that he got there right, on time. But that was a clean hit. I was, was glad clean. they didn't throw a penalty flag because it looked bad, but yep. it was a clean hit. No question question um so I, that's the thing is you know with the amount of sub that they play uh i think that dallas goddard will see plenty of uh of terrell edmonds yeah he's gonna see some minka as well um so robert spillane is a guy because they play he matches so much up zone, to tight ends he, on occasion he matches up as well so he's gonna see a little bit uh of a variety there in the yeah. middle of the field for and, and Millette, the slot corner i think he's played pretty well this year big physical top he's not your typical slot corner no. he's kind of like a, a top heavy like nickel safety hybrid yeah. type um i, I think that he's and he can blitz up. off the slot a bit too yep yeah they look they're blitzing at the I think the 14th highest rate coming into the into this game. Um, they're not creating a ton of pressure. Period. Right no, now, they're no. in like the bottom of every pressure category. You know, sack percentage, pressure, and that's percentage, been an issue that. for yeah, them this that's, year. That's an issue, and that's where. You know, and again, because they haven't really increased their blitz percentage by any significant amount, they just probably feel they can't do it. That yeah. either they don't have the people to blitz, or they're not comfortable enough on the back end to do so. Yeah, you, you referenced uh, Alex Highsmith earlier. He was a third rounder back in 2020, coming out of Charlotte, uh, six foot four, 240 pounds. Got off to a good start this year. I felt <clears> yeah. like you saw some really good things. Um, it's kind of tailed off a little bit, but this is a guy that you you have to kind of circle him going in. Is okay. This is probably their best pass rusher uh, off the edge. Some really good spin moves and chop moves. He could beat you inside and outside. They've moved him around a little bit more with uh, T.J. Watt being out of the lineup. Uh, the one guy, though, I think up front, you know, Minka, obviously, great, great player, blue chip player, one of the top three safeties in football. Cam Hayward is he is still a horse inside. Yeah. He, he is so strong. He's so powerful. He's able to dominate on any given rep. I thought he every single game I've watched of Pittsburgh, he has really shown up. Yeah, and, but he's not a pure pass rusher. He's not. That's not his right. game. No, he's, right. But, he is, but you're right. He's, he's a strong really strong inside player. And with the way the Eagles have played and what they've done in the last two games in the fourth quarter and the game prior against Jacksonville throughout the whole game, running the football, Haywood will have to be a big factor for the Steelers if they're to stop the uh, the Eagles' run game. Yeah, and that's the thing is that this is a run a, a team. This is an offense for the Eagles that has shown that they're willing to and able to run the ball on right. anybody. Right? They've, we've seen what they've done to number one run defense in the league. However, Pittsburgh, a, a good run defense by measure and by film. Right? Uh, yeah, they, they've done a nice job in pretty much every category against the run, and so this will be a little bit of a uh, of a challenge here. Looking up at this defensive front, um, what do you think about this linebacking group? You know, Devin Bush, I'm obviously they. 
traded up. Uh, they spent two first-round picks, essentially, on Devin Bush. Uh, Miles Jack, they acquired in free agency this year. You mentioned Robert Spillane, a guy that they're playing plenty as well. Uh, what do you make of this linebacker rotation? I think that's been a little bit of a concern for them. I don't think they've gotten exactly what they hoped for out of Devin Bush. Um, they thought because of his athleticism, uh, I think he ran a 4-4 something at the Combine, Fran, yep. if you recall. Yep. Um, really good athlete. Um, I think they anticipated that he'd be their three-down linebacker, and it hasn't quite worked out that way. He doesn't seem to have a feel, and pass coverage in particular has been a problem. No doubt, yep. So a lot of times what they do is in their nickel on first and second down, he plays. But if you get third down and they stay nickel, we'll get to the dime in a sec, but if you get to a passing situation where they want to play nickel, he comes off the field, and Spillane is the linebacker with Jack, Miles Jack, yeah, well, who has start... his own set of issues, by the way. No question. And the thing with, uh, with, with Bush now, too, is that he's become almost a little bit of a tell because really his best trait is his blitzing right now. Right, right? So right. if he's out there in nickel, <coughs> yeah. uh, if he's out there in dime, you're like, all right, alarm bell should be going well, off. He hasn't been out in dime pressure. very much. So because in dime, yeah. they play Robert Spillane, right. number 41, and he's probably been their most effective coverage linebacker, so he plays in dime. Yeah. Now, every once in a while, in dime, they'll play three, two, six, meaning there'll be two linebackers and Jack will be the other one. But it gets back to what you asked me about Bush. Bush, they really don't want him out there in, in clear passing situations. Yeah. And so to me, the. That's probably the matchup in terms of like from a coverage standpoint, probably more so uh, Jack and Spillane uh, than Devin Bush. They just don't put him in those positions. No, they do uh, not at this point. So um, I would say that you know the big thing again with this defense, uh, you got to watch out for the disguise from a coverage standpoint. From you know looking at it from Jalen Hurts' angle, uh, run game they're they're pretty strong up front. <coughs> Cam Hayward, a really strong player. Uh, so obviously those are those are the big two the two big things for me. Uh, also as well, this is a game you got to beat cover two. They they run cover two. Yep. I think I said second or third highest uh, in the league coming into this game uh, a lot of their big plays you know just kind of going through their interceptions a lot of them have come from Tampa too they disguise it well they get to it in different ways so that's uh, the key just, thing disguise and getting to plan. it in different ways yep because what they show before the snap is not usually what they show after the snap. So you'll have, you know, it's not going to always just be, oh, it's the two safeties are playing as the two high safeties, and the middle linebacker is going to ride, ride the middle of the field. They, they use uh, different rotations and mi mixing things up uh, to change the roles and who's playing where. Just one quick thought, and I, we certainly don't know the answer to this because Mike Tomlin's not going to tell us. Right. But you wonder if this might be a game where they think of Bush playing more in in the sub packages. No, because of his speed versus Jalen. If he when Jalen pulls it down, yeah, sure. and I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Right, but we know Bush can run. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And that's the thing is, like, do they uh, weigh that against, you know, because Miles Jack and Spillane can run right, as well. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, what's the what's the give and take there? Uh, and, that's and a good that's, question. Yeah, and they have to decide that. And they're with these guys every day. We're not. We just see the film, you know, in the games. So, but, but the one thing we know about Bush is he can run. All right, well, let's go over to the other side, this Eagles defense going up against this Steelers <coughs> offense. Yep. And it, we'll start with the first-round pick, Kenny Pickett. Uh, this is a guy I know you were high on coming in. I sure was. Um, and, he, and he's shown up pretty well. I, yep. I think his, the film has told a, a nice story with Kenny Pickett. Without question. You know, besides the X's and O's, you see a natural poise and composure. He's a comfortable player. It's not too fast for him. He knows where to go with the football. I, I, you know, I always felt his arm was a little better than I kept being told by people that you and I would greatly respect, including coaches. Yep. I always thought his arm was a little better than that. He doesn't have a gun, but he can make every throw. Um, 
And I think he's shown really well. I mean, to me, a great example was the Buffalo game when that game was over at halftime and he just kept playing every play in the second half as if the score was 0-0. Yeah. There was no sense of panic, no sense I have to make an amazing play, play after play after play. Um, he delivers the ball. He's willing to turn it loose when you have to make – Tough throws into tight windows. He's willing to turn it loose. He's tough in the pocket. He does not flinch. I think he has pretty much every trait to be a quality NFL starting quarterback. And in that offense, they don't. There's not a lot of easy button plays. No, and that's you know again, you know, you and I are not people who who say negative things about coaches because we both know how hard coaches work. But just the film tells you that. With the route concepts and combinations they run, there's not a lot of by NFL standards what we would be considered routine throws. No, and so that's the thing is that we we get to see Kenny Pickett on a weekly basis makes him like, oh wow, that's, that's a, that's, yeah. sit up in your chair, so like, oh, right. that's, that's an impressive throw. Right, exactly, uh, you know, he's throwing 18 yard blaze outs from the opposite hash to Deontay Johnson, and right. uh, you know these seam balls down to down the down the pipe to Fryer move. Fryer yeah. move. You know, they, they, to me, kind of watching it, it's interesting. Because typically what I'll try and do, especially at this point to the season, you get a sense of who these teams are. You watch three or four games, and then I'll just go watch full cut-ups of the season. And right. so, all right, well, let's watch all the big plays. Let's watch all the big plays to this guy, that guy. It feels like all of these players, all these options in the pass game, are very um, what's the word I would look for like I, almost kind of like kind of like typecast like right. to me with like Pickens everything is is vertical fades and digs uh, everything with uh, with Fryermuth is you know high lows and meshes in the middle of the field uh, everything with uh, with uh, Deontay Johnson is going to be like those blaze outs and again it's right. all isolated routes not a lot of like two and three man no, concepts no. Uh, so it's like hey you know what Deontay Johnson go win George Pickens go win you don't now, see Pick- a lot of you know bunch stack you don't see those kinds of things. No, they're 32nd in yak. They're 32nd in bunch. They're 29th in play action. Yeah. They're 28th in screen. Um, so, yeah, it's just a lot of it is. It's a, it's a lot go, of individual isolation win. routes yep. with each receiver sort of having their routes that they run. Yep. And the, the one thing that they show that does show up that it's like, all right, but more often than not, they run more jet sweep than anybody. Uh, and that's a Matt Canada. That's a feature. Right. That, that goes back to Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin, you know, right, running, right. running those fly sweeps. So, um, and everybody's, they are equal opportunity uh, jet sweepers. So, uh, Chase Claypool, who the, the last time the Eagles played uh, the Steelers and Claypool out in Pittsburgh, uh, Claypool, I believe, scored a touchdown. It might, might have been two uh, off, jet, off, the, off those jet sweeps uh, a few years back in 2020. Um, but Deontay Johnson, uh, Gunnar Olszewski's getting some of these jets. So, uh, they've, they, that has been a result of some of their bigger yeah. players on offense. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing that's also hurting them is they need a, a much more efficient run game. Yes. Because it'd be one thing if their run game was really solid, setting them up in, in a lot of better down and distance situations, you know, maybe second and, and four and third and two, you know, but the run game is not giving them that. So there's too many long yarded situations. Yep. And that's hard. It, it's one of those things where it felt that way watching. And so I'm like, all right, let's, let's look at right. the numbers and see. They are 28th in yards. Uh, Yards after or yards before contact per attempt, they are 29th in yards after contact per attempt. So, not creating enough yardage, not creating enough no. room for Najee Harris. Um, you know, their explosive run rate is very, very low. And it's something like you know, when you look at when you take, remove the jet sweeps from them, their, their yards per attempt go way, way down as well. So again, yeah. just kind of speaking to their lack of efficiency in the run game that that has really, really hurt them, Greg. So um, yeah, I, I think the big thing is that uh, not creating enough room uh, up front. But I think from a, from a pure matchup standpoint, when you look at this offensive line, pass pro they have they haven't been 
terrible. No, they have. Uh, they just they, they've struggled to create some movement in the run game. But I think there. Are, that said, I think there are matchups up front that the Eagles can win in, in the trenches for sure. Oh, I would say that that's true. The Eagles. I think they can do that against most. Against most, I think that's against fair, yeah. most. Um, but you know, just one one aside about their run game is. For whatever reason, and I don't think any of us thought this when he came into the league, but Najee Harris has not been a back that gets those hard-earned yards the way I think all of us thought. You know, you assumed he'd be the back that if it was blocked for three, he'd get seven. He's 6'1", 242. I know. But he doesn't play 6'1", 242. No, he does not. Yeah. And and I think and, – and the tape tells you that. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. we'd agree. Yeah. I mean, this is – this is just we're watching this and we're seeing that, yes, do they have a great run blocking O-line? No. But – there are yards to be made, and he's not getting those hard-earned yards, which yep. which when you're that size as a running back, you need to do. That's the thing is that he's 242, and we say he's not playing to that. Is that you know, look, he he's got decent wiggle. He he's got better short area quickness than you would expect for a guy who's 242. Right. But at the end of the day, he's 242. Two, right. And so you want you want those kind of yards to come from a right. back uh, with that build. But um, you know, a guy that that really like just kind of pops for me on tape. That rookie, uh, undrafted free agent, Jalen Warren. Warren, he earns every inch he gets. You could as a ball you carrier. could make the argument purely based on tape study that he's a more effective and efficient runner right now yep. than Najee Harris. And he's a good pass protector yep. as well. He he's had a, he's carved out a nice little role as an undrafted. Yeah, free it'll be agent interesting rookie. to see going forward what they do because they're playing a rookie quarterback. You don't want him to be third and eight, third and nine uh, too often, and it just makes it too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's certainly been one of the things that uh, they would like to kind of get going is that is that run game, especially with the rookie quarterback, yeah. uh, just trying to help him out uh, a little bit from that standpoint. But uh, real quick, let's talk about those receivers. We talked a little bit from a usage standpoint. Um, they kind of move these guys, you know, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Chase Claypool. Uh, give us the elevator speech just on, on that trio of pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good trio, to be honest with you. I mean, I think Claypool has not developed in the way that I think many thought after that rookie season. Yep. Um, you know, I think he was a player coming out of Notre Dame that until he ran a 4-3-8 at the Combine at that size was probably not thought of as a high pick. Yep. You know, he was a nice player at Notre Dame, but I don't think... You know, I, I know there were some, including myself, that thought watching his college tape that, hey, this guy could almost be a really good tight end. Yeah. And But then he ran the 4-3-8, and everybody said, wow, you know, that size, that speed. And he's had moments, but he hasn't really become a consistent vertical threat. Yeah, I think when you look at him, it's like, all right, well, at 6'4", 238, with that 4-3 speed that you mentioned, um, you know, the, the, that shows up. You, yes. you, you can absolutely see that. And I think <coughs> he is out at his best right now in that offense on those linear plane routes, yes. you know, kind of the the conversation that we've had in the past with like DK Metcalf early in you his You want to career. get him the ball on the move. Get him the ball on the move. Yeah. Let, let him get going and I think that's kind of where he's, he's at He's not a settle in the void in the zone kind of receiver. No. And in terms of the tight end uh, move, uh, he is not uh, helpful to them as a no, blocker whatsoever. No, so no. That, that would not go well for him no, either. No, no. Um, um, yeah. And then you have Deontay Johnson who's very, very quick and I think he has three-level ability. Mm. Um, I, again, you know, You'd like to see more of that come out just in, in what they do with their pass game, but I think he has three-level ability. Yeah, their uh, best route runner, uh, yeah. for sure, I think. Yep. Um, and then you have George Pickens, who to me is a little freakish. I mean, yeah. I thought he was the best wide receiver based purely on tape. I don't know George Pickens. You and I heard all the stories, you know, but we don't know him. I can just tell you from watching tape that I thought he was the best wide receiver prospect in this draft class, and given given what we've seen on tape, and it's it's not been a lot— 
but I think given what we've seen on tape, he's done really, really well. Yeah, uh, certainly that ability to win as an ISO receiver yeah. outside the numbers when given the opportunity. Uh, he's plucked multiple balls off DB's heads this year yeah. um, for big plays, you know, downfield or in the red zone. He had that touchdown uh, this past Sunday night against uh, Miami, so that, that showed up in that game. Um, thoughts on Fryermuth as well. Second-round pick out of Penn State yeah. a couple years ago. Uh, he's, he's come along well. He has. He works the middle of the field really effectively. See, that's the thing. To me, they have a pretty complete receiving core. Yep. But, the, and again, you're still playing with a rookie quarterback, but I, I think more of we need to see more of that. There needs to be more given the, the talent level of the, these players. Mm. Um, I think they could have a, a much more diverse passing game and a much more productive passing game. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe it'll click. Maybe it won't. Only time will tell. But I think there's, there's a lot of good pieces in place here, Fran. Yeah, I think that there's def- they've got the ability at any given game to just go off, right? <clears throat> because they've got uh, that talent in the past. They sure game. do. Um, you know, and Kenny Pickett, he's started off well. Some of the plays that that Kenny Pickett has made, uh, it started from the very first time he entered the lineup against New York Jets. You have him taking taking hits uh, and delivering the football on time, on the money. Uh, he he has shown some really good flashes. And so, if this offense could put it together, the offensive line has shown that it can, it's kind of come together. Even though they don't they they don't have like that one blue chip player up front, uh, you know all. These guys have shown that they could be competent as well. So, um, yeah, they'll present a, uh, an interesting matchup here on Sunday against the Seagulls defense. Yeah, like you said, they have weapons on offense. Yeah. And you can't fall asleep on this group and just assume, oh, their their record's not very good. Yep. I think they haven't had a bye yet, right? So they're 2-5? and five? Correct. Yes, well, they, they have not had a bye yet. Right. So they're 2-5. and five, So, you know... But they have weapons and they have people. And if, if they put it all together, they can score points. Yeah, it'll make for a, a fun football game on Sunday afternoon at the link. And, Greg, we'll be back uh, next Monday, Halloween, to, uh, to talk through this Eagles game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Preview Thursday night football against the Houston Texans. Thanks so much for joining us again here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Thanks, Fran. Great stuff there from Greg, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everyone that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show, but the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Leave us ratings. Leave us reviews. Leave us questions. Leave us comments. I want to give a shout-out today to someone who did exactly that. They didn't leave a question, but Sterling Listener left a five-star review just saying how much they love the podcast, they love the feedback, uh, no agendas, just great analysis from Fran and Greg coming all the way from Palm Coast, Florida. Sterling Listener, thanks so much for the, leaving us that review. Five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Give a shout-out to you here as we wrap up today's episode. We'll be back later this week. Myself, we've got Ben Fennell, we'll have Chris McPherson. We're going to be getting you ready for Eagle Steelers later this week right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Great stuff this week from Greg. Thank you to him and thank you to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week. Eagles fans, the midterm election is right around the corner. Now is the time to create your game plan to vote on November 8th. Text EAGLES to 26797 to register to vote and check your voter registration status. This year, voters will have the chance to elect officials to the U.S. House of Representatives, the U.S. Senate, and many local and state positions. You can vote in person, by mail, or at a secure ballot drop box. If you are registered to vote in Philadelphia County, you can drop off your ballot at Lincoln Financial Field on Friday, October 28th, or 
war on Sunday, November 6th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Our democracy is only as strong as our commitment to participate in it. Go birds and go vote.